Hey, I'm Robert Pearson, and this is Follow the Leader. Oh, I just realized it's loud still. Ah, there we go. Hi, I'm Robert Pearson, and this is Follow the Leader. And going through the man cards one at a time, just pulling out random verses in the Bible, specifically chosen verses, randomly from a set of specifically chosen verses, that all direct on um, what what God wants out of a man. Um, once again, not, not earning salvation or trying to jump through hoops. Uh, but as a Christian man, you should be—you you should be working to make progress to be a little better every day, as best you can, out of just gratitude for the uh, the sludge that God pulled you from. Cool, cool. So we are in Psalm one, and uh, we're going to read the whole psalm, but it's okay. It's only six verses. Uh, they're kind of long verses, but there's only six of them, so let's power through it. How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and its leaf does not wither, and whatever he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but they are like chaff, which the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Awesome. That's some epic stuff right there. Uh, first question, what jumps out at you most? What was phrase hops out at you? There's there's a lot here. So uh, for me, first is in that, that first verse, there's, um, there's a thing I've you'll find it in most commentaries, and I've heard every pastor parrot it. Uh, how blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, stand in the path of sinners, and sit in the seat of scoffers. And they kind of picture that as a three-step three, three step progression uh, for a righteous person kind of straying from the, the path, moving towards wickedness. Um, so you start walking with, with people that aren't maybe the best for you. And then next thing you know, you're standing around, hanging out with them and you're not going anywhere anymore. You you were walking on the righteous path, and now you you walked with the wrong types of people, and now you're standing, you're lingering with them a little longer. And next thing you know, you're sitting down right next to them. And it they, they, they kind of picture that as maybe this is a, a way to, to view, not what the passage is talking about specifically maybe, but as a, as a good, it serves as a good allegory for how it sneaks up on you. There's a a really good song by Casting Crowns. It sounds just like the rest of their really good songs, uh, but it's called Slow Fade. Um, and it it conveys the same idea, but it uses the uh, be careful little ears, or be careful little feet where you go, and be careful little hands what you do, and they use a little kid song and blend it with their, uh, their style. With uh, a chorus they have is it's a slow fade when you give yourself away. And so that idea that a little leaven leavens the whole loaf, a little bit of yeast makes an entire lump of dough swell up and uh, just a little bit of sin in your life just start walking with the, the wrong types of people or in the wrong uh, modes of thought and next thing you know you'll be standing around there you'll be lingering just a little bit longer the next time and uh, next thing you know you'll catch yourself sitting down after you've stood there a while and, um, you know it, do, it doesn't happen overnight whenever a guy you, you hear about somebody who oh so-and-so left his family and moved three states away with some bimbo he just met that kind of stuff doesn't happen overnight. There was a slow, gradual progression that, that he let slip in and didn't catch himself. So, 
Uh, that's just the first verse, man. There's a ton of stuff here. Um, his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. Uh, delight's always a hard word for this kind of stuff, because it's... The Bible can be a boring read. Uh, I'm just going to throw that out there. It's it, A lot of times, because you have ancient Greek, and in order to get it more precise, ancient Hebrew in this case, or the Old Testament, um, and to get it understandable in modern English is hard while still maintaining the exact meaning and it's it's a difficult balance and so it makes for either awkward difficult to read english or really easy to read english that's more natural to understand but then did they get it right exactly do you know how like because they got somewhere in there is is a right answer my answer is both so i take a really hard to read english version and then I also will pair it with something like the New Living Translation or the Message. I haven't read the Message. Um, uh, if you if you have trouble reading the Bible and you don't have uh, you don't understand it real well, um, the Message Bible by Eugene Peterson is a good starting place. And just know in the back of your head that you're understanding one guy's translation of it. Uh, but it gives you a good starting point to kind of wrap your brain around the idea, the passage, uh, which can be a little. Odd, wor oddly worded sometimes. So once you have that foundation, you can then go to something like the NASB or the ESV, which is a little higher, um, a little harder to understand. And you can see, oh, I see where they're going at with it, and then pull out more specifics during a Bible study. But if you're reading the Bible for enjoyment, you really need two translations nowadays, and you find find one that's in your your comfort area of what's easier for you to read to just enjoy reading like the whole book. Don't sit there and go one verse at a time in those, uh, like in the message or in the New Living Translation. Um, read read like the whole book of Romans. And then once you have all those ideas in your head all at once together, you can kind of see where Paul was going with his ideas. Then when you want to sit down and break down one verse, two verse, and look at the grammar and how to the, what is the therefore, therefore, and all that nonsense, um, then we'll pull out like an NASB or a King James or something and that goes word by word by word in their translation. It's harder to understand to just flow with it, but it's more detailed. So um, anyway, so meditating, what do you meditating on God's law? How do we meditate? Are we just sitting there going oh and reciting Bible verses and uh, I don't know, kind of a little. Uh, so meditating on God's law day and night. Uh, what that looks like nowadays, I would think, is more... Uh, I'm just wandering all over the place here, too. So, this is more... Uh, meditating on God's law day and night is, yes, memorizing Bible verses, but you're not just going to sit there and, like, repeat Bible verses to yourself like a mantra, because uh, that's not the point, but thinking about it. Um, take a small chunk of Scripture. This is the way it was described to me by... Uh, by my, one of my pastors is uh, just think about all the ways that you could apply this scripture in your life. You know, take start with a foundation of maybe learn about it. Um, you know, maybe dig up some commentaries. Everything's on the internet nowadays. You can find commentaries and um, blog posts where people give you their their idea about you know a single verse here and there. And uh, you know, get some solid understanding of the verse in context, who wrote it, who they were writing to, and then just sit there and think about all the ways that it could apply to your life or um, the ways in which that maybe you are working on it. So so meditate. Just take a little bit of time to just quietly, really deeply think about 
Bible verse and go, oh man, that's, that's some good stuff there. So, uh, and he will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water. The other, the thing that jumps out about me about this, um, I'll blow through the, the second half, but I have to mention it, I immediately thought of Captain America. There's a line, you'll have to Google to get the exact line, I don't, don't have it on hand right now, but I don't know why I looked around in, in my, my van like it's, <laughs> I have the internet back there. Um, so he, uh, there's a line, it's from, uh, I think the, uh, Civil War comics, there's a line that Captain America uses uh, that he says, it's just Captain America's Civil War uh, tree quote. And there's this amazing, like, paragraph-long quote about Captain America, uh, by Captain America, where he's talking about, you know, there's times where you you know you're right and you have to do the what's right. And, you know, so there's the the line, the, the part that I'm remi reminded of, though, is he's, he says, you have to dig your feet in like a, plant yourself like a tree and say no, you move, is the very last part of the line. So good. So, um, I was just reminded of that, where uh, the righteous will be like a tree firmly planted, and I was like, yeah, Captain America. So, and then the last part, of course, the wicked are not so driven away like the chaff of the wind. And uh, what jumps out to me for that portion is that that's not all the time. That's in the big picture. That's in the long game. Uh, the wicked aren't going to win. Um, so, like, they may have little victories here and there, but by the end of their life, by the end of the game, when they have to cash their chips in, that's that's when they lose. Not, not really up front. Um, so I'm going to blow past the rest of the questions. Feel free to look in the description and give your answers to them. Uh, what does this change for us is the last question, and I'll throw my two cents in on that. Uh, this means do your best to be a good person, right? Once again, we're not talking about salvation. We're talking about... Um, your life in godliness, your sanctification, is a big, big 10 cent word, uh, your ongoing process as a Christian of becoming more like Christ, becoming holy as God is holy. He calls us, he says, be holy as I am holy, be perfect as I am perfect. And that's not, it's not an indictment to say, oh, you have to fit the cookie cutter or you're going to hell. That is, now that you have been redeemed by grace, you have to, you have to should, not have to. It's incumbent upon you. Uh, you there's um, there should be a desire in your heart to show the gratitude for the grace you've received, uh, because you've been saved from very literal death. And so, instead of continuing to sin, so that God has to shower you with grace, why don't you sit down and go, man? God saved my life. Is there anything I can do to make it a life just a little more worth saving? What can I do with this gift I've been given? How can I show gratitude for it? So, that's all I got. Um, you guys are awesome. Ask me any questions you might have. Uh, give me your answers to some of these. I'll, I'll put it down in the description. Uh, about this passage, Psalm 1. Alright, give me all your comments, questions, concerns, and cries of heresy. And I'll see you next time. Godspeed.